Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. I want to thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Uh, We're just beginning the month of August. I hope that all of you that are listening to this are just enjoying a few days maybe off during the summertime and you're getting to just uh, be refreshed and uh, refocus in some areas of your life. And so I hope that's going on. I do want to mention to you that uh, the summer is a great reading time. It's when a lot of people can pick up books and not be disturbed and finish them. So I want to encourage you, if you go to my webpage, uh, there's a special offer where you can get some books at a discount. And I have a number of books and These books are now available that there's a a special discount that you can get. So I just want to encourage you to go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. I also want to encourage you that, uh, hey, thank you for being such a diligent leader and listening to podcasts, developing your leadership skills. That really, really is uh, just uh, a remarkable thing. Thank you for those of you all over the world that join in and listen to these. That means so much to me. I want to talk to you today, uh, and it's really about a question. So you say you're disciplined. So you say you're disciplined. See, I get to go into a lot of organizations, and they're organizations that sometimes are spiritually uh, driven organizations, sometimes they're business or secular organizations, and I get to just help them in their leadership equation, their leadership journey. And one of the things that I can tell you that the majority of all people are disciplined. I really walk into organizations, and I find that most people are disciplined. However, there's a problem with that. What I find is, is that a lot of people assume that because they're disciplined in one area, that that means they have a disciplined life. But that's not true. Seeing being disciplined in one area doesn't mean that you have a disciplined life. I know people who are highly disciplined at golf. They will get out and they will play and they will be involved in that on a regular basis. They are disciplined, but in other areas of their life, they are just completely lazy. I know people who are disciplined when it comes to their reading habits and disciplined when it comes to their eating and their hobbies and their discipline to a number of things. But see, being disciplined in one area does not mean that you have a disciplined life. And yet when I talk to people, people will say, hey, I'm really disciplined. And I begin to dive into that. What I begin to find is that they truly are disciplined, but they're disciplined in this area over here. And they assume that because they're highly disciplined when it comes to this, that that means they're disciplined in life. And that's not what it means. In Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32 through 33, it says, So my dear friends, listen carefully. To those who embrace these, my ways are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline Live wisely. Don't squander your precious life. That phrase, mark a life of discipline. It talks about a life of discipline. It's not talking about being disciplined at golf. It's not talking about the ability that you know how to compress a golf ball and you can hit out of the sand well. It's not talking about that you are disciplined when it comes to reading habits. It's not talking about those things. It's talking about a disciplined life. But what we say in our society today is because I'm disciplined in one area, then that means I have a disciplined life, and that's just not true. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 17 says, The road to life is a disciplined life. 
So if you're going to take the road to life, the kind of life that maybe Bible talks about, then what you're going to run into is this. It's going to require a disciplined life. Now, let's just sort of unpack that concept of discipline. When it comes to physical discipline, that looks like exercise. In fact, I know a lot of people who are highly disciplined when it comes to their exercise patterns. They do it. They will not miss the gym. They will not eat wrong. They will count calories. They will make sure that they get their heart rate up to a certain level. They will make sure that they're always physically demanding more and more of their physical condition. That's great. First Timothy chapter four and verse eight says exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit today and forever. Now, that's not saying don't be physically disciplined, but please understand, just because you count calories doesn't mean your life counts. Just because you go to the gym doesn't mean that you're having high impact. You may be the individual that just likes sweating and and doing some of those things, and yay for you, and keep doing that. Let me just say, more of us need to do that. I'm a guy who believes that you always move, you never sit, you always stand, you're always uh, on the move so that you're making the best of your physical state. But I also recognize just because someone eats correctly and goes to the gym, that may mean that they're physically disciplined, but it does not mean they're disciplined in life. On the other hand, uh, mental discipline looks like focus. It looks like the ability to keep your eye on the ball. It looks like the ability not to be distracted by anything. It looks like the ability to be able to put down your cell phone and not Instagram, uh, not text, not begin to send out selfies. It's the ability to be focused, to be able to do something and keep your eye there. We've talked about it before. Joshua chapter one, it says it clearly in there. Look not to the right hand, look not to the left. God was telling Joshua, if you're going to be a high influential leader, then what you've got to do is you've got to be that individual who can mentally focus. In fact, in Proverbs 12, one, it says, if you love learning, you love the discipline that comes with it. You have that unique ability to be disciplined and focused in that area. So I know people who are physically fit that can't focus for over five minutes. Now, when it comes to the physical stature of their life, they've got it down. When it comes to their golf game, they got it. But they're not mentally focused. In fact, I've told people uh, that there are two things that if I could give people a test, these would be the two things. We have all these tests that tell us about temperament. It tells us personality. It tells us about what we like, what we don't like. The amazing thing is, is that a lot of the science out there of a lot of the popular tests just denies their effectiveness, but that's a whole other subject. But if I could test for two things, which no test I've ever found gives me, it would be the ability when everything around you is filled with clutter, can you focus? The second thing, When life demands it, can you make sacrifices? See, if you give me somebody who's focused, 
and they have the ability to keep their eye on the ball. I would rather have someone of average intelligence that's focused than highly intelligent that can't focus. Because ultimately, you've got to be able to focus to get any job done. And I would rather have somebody who is committed to a life of, I will do what is necessary. They have high levels of sacrifice. There's a lot of people who have high levels of contribution. They want you to contribute to them. But focus and sacrifice, those are two skills. You find those in somebody, you found gold. So physical discipline looks like exercise. Mental discipline looks like focus. But spiritual discipline looks like faithfulness. Proverbs 23 and verse 12, apply your heart to discipline. So being disciplined in one dimension isn't enough. Being physically disciplined, which I know so many people who are leaders are, doesn't mean that they're disciplined here or they're disciplined there. In fact, too often I run into leaders who mistake that having the first one, physical discipline, means that they naturally have the next two. That's not true. In fact, it's not enough to be physically disciplined, but be organizationally distracted. I know people who are highly physically disciplined, but when it comes to their organization and their specific job, they're distracted. They're all over the place. They can't keep it. They show up one day and not the next. But when it comes to the gym, they're there every day. Now, get it. I believe that physical discipline is needed, but I also believe that you must add other disciplines to it if you are going to have a disciplined life. So it's not enough to be physically disciplined, but organizationally distracted or spiritually unfaithful. So if you're going to be a leader and we're going to say I'm disciplined, then you have to be highly effective in all three. So let's talk about that. See, physical discipline without spiritual disciplines means that you have great health, but you have a bad heart. I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. Mental discipline without heart discipline means you're smart, but you lack meaning. I know a lot of people who are very, very smart. They can debate you on anything. They will verbally joust with you. They love the verbal debate, but they don't have any meaning in their life. You'll walk away and say, man, they're really smart, but you won't walk away and say, wow, they're making a difference. But heart discipline without the other two disciplines, physical discipline, mental discipline, means that you're highly devoted but you're ineffective. And let me just say this to you. The Bible talks about fruitfulness. Fruit's not for you, it's for others. I know people who have heart discipline, they have the most amazing worship and devotion and prayer times, but they're not physically disciplined, they're not mentally disciplined, and therefore they are highly devoted people who are ineffective when it comes to the biblical mandates of impacting other people's lives. I'll translate it into Christian leadership. Personal disciplines play out on an organizational level. Organizational, organizations are never more disciplined than their leaders. That's what I know. There's this whole phrase that uh, when the leader sneezes, the organization catches a cold. What I can tell you is, is that your personal disciplines that you possess 
play out in your organization. See, if you're not disciplined when it comes to finances, your organization won't be. If you're not disciplined when it comes to time, your organization won't be. If you're not disciplined when it comes to values, your organization won't be. If you're not disciplined when it comes to relationships, your organization won't be. See, you're not going to lead an organization better than your personal disciplines. That's why when the leader changes, the organization changes. That's why organizational change is always preceded by leadership change. Why do you think it is in sports if the team's going bad, they change the manager or the coach? They don't go out and get a new team. Why? Because they understand something. The leader is the one who sets the ground rules for the team. And so I know people that just economically don't have any discipline. Well, that's going to play out in your organization. I know people who time-wise, they can't show up on time. That's going to play out in your organization. I know uh, people who talk values but don't have any values. That's going to play out in your organization. See, personal disciplines play out in the organizational level. Organizations are never more disciplined than their leader. Leadership is about replication. You replicate both your good and your bad. So um, when you replicate something, you have a product and you want that to just be uh, the product, the standard. It's going to be produced by machinery or people. And there's a, a, a place that you're going to sit there and it's going to be mass produced. It's going to be replicated in some way. Well, here's what I know is that what is what happens to organization with the leader's disciplines. Whatever the leader's disciplines are, they get handed down, good or bad. Now, what I will also say is in most organizations, there aren't enough layers to absorb inadequate discipline. At best, it creates a leadership void and brings paralysis. Man, if I could tell you, just sit down a little bit, take that phrase and get a yellow pad, get out your iPad and just think about it a little bit because, um, some organizations can hide the weaknesses of the leader. Most organizations aren't large enough to. They can't hide that the leader lacks value. They can't hide that the leader doesn't value time. They can't hide that the leader isn't interested in people. See, as a leader, when we disconnect mentally, excuse me, leaders, when we disconnect mentally, things begin to happen. The staff direction is unclear. Clarity is lost. Energy is depleted. Power struggles occur and internal conflicts begin. And the lowest level of purpose is all that remains. But when a leader lacks mental focus, the organization is just going to go through the motions at the lowest possible levels. So what I want to say to you is if you're disciplined, it better be bigger than your golf game. It better be bigger than your workout plan. It better be bigger than your eating plan. 
You've got to be mentally disciplined so you can focus. You have to be spiritually disciplined so that you have high values. And you are going to replicate all three of those. You are going to replicate your physical discipline, your mental discipline, and your spiritual discipline. But let me just conclude by saying this. There's some things that leaders cannot delegate when it comes to discipline. There's some areas that a leader has to be disciplined in and they cannot be delegated to someone else. So in my case, I can't turn to my team and say, you know what? I'm going to be lazy here, but I want you to be good here. I'm going to be indifferent here, but I want you to have excellence there. I'm going to be inconsiderate, but I want you to be caring. So there's some things that leaders cannot delegate. Let me walk you through them. Leaders can't delegate the vision, where the organization's going. Now, that doesn't mean the leader is the only person who has it. That needs to be downlined, but it has to start with the leader. If the leader's not bought in, why would anyone else buy it? So you buy into the leader before you buy into the vision, and the leader buys into the vision so that others will buy into it and downline it. Values what you believe. See, a leader can't say the values are one thing and then they contradict those every other time. So values what you believe, that has to be something that isn't delegated. Now, it's demonstrated, but it's not delegated. And I love that thought. You've got to demonstrate it to others but it can't be delegated to others. You can't leave others to come up with what the value content of your organization is. So vision where you're going, values what you believe, vehicle, what processes will be needed. So you have to understand that uh, vision tells you where you're going. Values tell you why you're going there, but vehicle tells you how you're going to get there. And the leader needs to be involved in those. He needs to be or she needs to be a part of those discussions. Now, once the vehicle's uh, created and it's understood, he doesn't or she doesn't have to initiate that every day. We have systems and processes in my organizations that everyone knows I've been a part of, but they know that they're now responsible for. So vision where you're going, values, um, what you believe, vehicles, what processes will be needed, velocity, what effort will be used to achieve it. See, as I tell people, no one's going to work harder than me. That doesn't mean that I work hard in the same areas they do or they work hard in the same areas I do, but no one's going to work harder than me. I create the velocity by saying this is how we work. This is the effort that we put in. Vulnerabilities, what weaknesses must be managed? See, everybody has weaknesses, but let me just go back to one. See, if your weakness is showing up on time, nobody's going to value time. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how gifted you are, how talented you are. I don't care how much you think you excel at X, Y, Z. Here's the deal. At some place, if people know the meeting's going to start and you're not going to be there, then they're not going to be there. Now, for some of you, punctuality is a weakness. But that's a weakness you're going to have to manage. You're going to have to work around. 
And if that's three alarm clocks, if that's a whole lot of other stuff, you're going to have to work around that. And variabilities, the adjustments that are required. See, as much as you plan everything, there's some things that are not going to go as planned and there are going to be variabilities. So let me just go through them again. These are areas that the leader's discipline is going to play out in. Vision where you're going, values what you believe, the vehicles, the processes that will be needed, velocity, the effort that will be put forth to achieve it, vulnerabilities, the weaknesses that must be managed, and variabilities, the adjustments that are required. So let me go back to my question. So you say you're disciplined. What are you saying? You got a low handicap? You go to the gym? Or do you have a disciplined life? God says, don't waste your life, the precious life you've been given by lacking discipline. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. It's um, a great, great privilege to uh, always have a few moments with you. Today, I pray that God's going to do some remarkable things in your church, in your business, and in your organization. And maybe this is one of those lessons you need to sit down and dialogue a little bit with people who are close and ask the question, do I mistake one area of discipline for being the totality of my discipline equation? That being said, I want to thank you again for going out of your way to let people know about the podcast. And again, we have a special book offer for the month of August. And if you're interested in that, I think you can find some good resources that will help you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.